Hey guys, welcome to the inaugural episode of Talk About That. I'm your host, John Driver, and uh, it's going to be a great podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about uh, real life, some fun stuff, uh, some relational things. We're going to talk about some cultural things, some Jesus things. We're going to be honest and vulnerable, and uh, we're just going to live life together. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'd like to welcome today my co-host, Johnny W. Hello. Johnny what sort of person has a letter for a last name? Exactly. I don't. Well, I, uh, I started performing comedy about 10 years ago, and I have a hard-to-pronounce last name. And so I shortened it to make it easier to be remembered and you know, so it doesn't get butchered my whole life right. uh, on stages. You don't mind me asking, what is your last name? Uh, it's Baxter. Gotcha. No, it's, it's a Weathington. Yeah. The W stands for Weathington. Yeah. But people say Weddington and immediately... I'm not sure you're giving people enough credit. Worthington. It's, it's pronounced exactly how it sounds. Like it you sound, sound it out phonetically. If you can't say Weddington, then I question your ability to function in society. Exactly. So these are like comedy club owners. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, uh, well, Johnny's going to be joining us quite often. Uh, we'll have lots of different people that kind of come in and out that either co-host or guest with us. And uh, as we go, we'll be interviewing people almost every week. And uh, Johnny will sometimes be joining us via technology, mm. the World Wide Web. He's out on the road a lot, or perhaps cellular phones. Is that a thing? Is it still cellular, though? Cellular phones? Isn't it? Does it cellular technology well, anymore? What else? People would... don't say cell phone, though. They say, well, they say it, but I'm saying, I think, a phone carrier does not say cell phone, do they? Do, do they you think say... it ever actually used, like, cells? What does that even mean, those I, cells? I think cell means like battery cells. Oh, I thought... Not like, like cells in your body. I mean like cells in the air. We're not what you would call smart people. Right, I don't really... I don't really do. I didn't think it like replicated cells, and that's how it got the information to you. Well, I don't know. I, if you think about it, though, what else would it move towards? I guess that's what I'm asking. What do you think we have now it replaces? If you think that cell phones used human cells, I don't know I, what. Listen, I don't know. I fear for you if you have a plasma I, screen. Let me just say that. I did not say that. It did used, you give blood to get a plasma screen? Be honest say, with yourself. I didn't say that it used human cells. There's cells think there's in blo- the air. Do you think there's blood in your television, John? Is this how it's going to be? Isn't it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it though it is it was it was we we're speaking of it now in past tense yeah. of cellular phones it was a pretty fascinating technology right um it um i don't know yeah we were just talking about how fax machines are obsolete now right and i still don't know how they worked it still feels like witchcraft that a document would go through a phone line and yeah. print out on your the end of your phone line and it would know exactly where each piece of ink needed each dot of ink needed to go it's amazing. It was, it's, I have no idea. Nobody knows how it works. Well, don't pretend what, that you 1960s do. 1960s or something? Yeah. And now if you have a fax machine, it's like you may as well have a fossil. You're holding a fossil. <laughs> and uh, What is this? I've never heard of these. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very, uh, uh, apologize, my, my, I got one of these Bluetooth neck things. Oh, the, the thing. What is like that called? Crazy. It's a. What is it called? It's like a, it looks like a bridle of a horse. <laughs> That you it put is, around a horse. It really I, is. There's a sermon there. I have Some of you are bridled technology. by technology. You it go this way yoke. and that, whichever it would take you. <laughs> you Friends, you. this not out be. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. <laughs> the blue yoke of technology. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I don't know what it's called. I just use it. But yeah. it is fax machines. We do disrespect them. We disrespect things we don't understand. And I think uh, at the end of the day. When did the telegraph become just like, what are you doing with the telegraph still? Probably the moment you could hear somebody's voice instead. Yeah. But the mess, I, there's a mess, maybe it was the first phone message. Because I remember the telegraph or the phone, the first message was, what hath God wrought? Really? Yeah. It was very, he credited, now I don't know, we can Google it that? Can we very, Google that? Hang on, I'm going to Google it. No, there's no way what to know. What if I'm wrong? There's no way to know. <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah, sorry. You know, we remember the old days, you know. just didn't know? You just didn't know stuff, and it was okay. But yeah. now... Now we know everything, and we're the dumbest people. <laughs> we have all the information in the world in our pocket, and we use it to send cat videos. Isn't it ridiculous? Yeah. Because I really believe that just an overabundance of information is not the same thing as an overabundance of education. Oh, man. <laughs> Am I right? Hang on. He's looking it up right now. You have a purple case. Can't what if... Yeah, I have a purple case. Yeah. What hath God wrought? Hang on. 
uh, blah, 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 telegraph. Samuel Morse dispatched a telegraph message from the U.S. Capitol to Alfred Vale at a railroad station in Baltimore, Maryland. The message, what hath God wrought? What hath God wrought? It does. It sounds like yeah, a it's sermon. Very... It's very Billy Graham. Was telegraphed back to the Capitol a moment later by Vale. So Vale sent it. I don't know. What, what did he send? What did Morse send? It doesn't say what he sent. Vale, what did he receive? So What if it was like... Hey, dude. Yeah. And his answer was, What hath God brought? He was trying to one-up him with his being all dignified. And that's why they don't include the first one. Samuel Morse just sent the word fart, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Just a test. (laughs) I did not know. I thought Morse was the one who sent that, but evidently not. So uh, also known for Morse code, John. A lot of people. Maybe he sent something in. So it was Morse code probably on the telegraph, right? It wasn't wasn't like he typed. Right. He wasn't typing letters. So. The only way to communicate via telegraph is via Morse code. Is how many times I going to say via? via? I think I've said via like four times, and I've never so said So how via. long did it take to type what hath God wrought? I wonder how many. Oh, there's no way to find that out. Anyway. Maybe it was supposed to be something else. People like, feel, I think people feel when they have a historic thing, you know, it's just like you, you rarely know that you're experiencing history. Right. Like right now, and the so inaugural you, podcast. <laughs> exactly. Right. People feel a need to say something. I wonder if they practice it. Like, did Neil Armstrong know that he was going to say? I think he knew. Think one time small he had, step yeah. for a man. Yeah. People act like he just zipped to the moon. I mean, they're floating out there, what, two, three months? So he had time I to mean, think about, like, I should say one small step, one, right. one giant leap. It'd be funny to think about all the things that didn't make the cut that he thought about saying. Well, he said that he made a mistake. Like, there's been interviews since then because he was supposed to say one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind, which makes more sense. But he said, "One small." You'll see him pause. One small step for a man. He says, "A man." Oh. And by doing that, he kind of flubbed it a little bit because. But it's quoted, man. It's not. Quoted. It's quoted as man, but he did. If you listen to the thing, it's very kind of. And so again, we had, we could find it, but we'll play it at the end of the show. Wow, wow! I feel. So, I mean, I feel my life is enriched already. Thank you. I mean, honestly, I know things, John. Well, I know you do. Hey, we would like to, uh, I think we should take this moment right now. So actually, um, the person I'm about to uh, introduce happens to be our producer mm. of the Talk About That podcast. Uh, and uh, But he's also going to be our special guest interviewee today, later on in the show, because he's an acclaimed uh, musician and songwriter. I'd like to introduce you to uh, the lovely Dane Allen. Hey, how's it going? Happy to be here. That's great to see you, Dana. See you wearing your Oklahoma hat today. Oh, man, did they pull it off. Boomer Sooner yesterday. You guys are not missing uh, Bob Stoops at all, are you? Well, he was actually there. Really? Yep. He was up in the, uh, you know, his own little private box seat thing. Forgotten but not gone. The crying room. The Bob Stoops story. Did you guys see the clip where he came down on the field? And like celebrated with the the guys and Lincoln, and they were like, like no, they were like Lincoln no, Valley. they were like no, we're As good. They were going back into the locker room. Wow. <laughs> well, here's my question. The first thing I thought when I saw Baker Mayfield was, hasn't he been in college for twelve no years? No kidding, he beat us on like three different teams. <laughs> yeah, we're too, by the way, we're two A and M's. Yeah, he was A and M, right? No, Baker no. Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was at. Um, he, I think that he's immortal, <laughs> and he's the undead. He, if you so, if you get really bad grades, can you just stay in school indefinitely? Is that a thing? It takes a lot of people seven years to graduate college. Yeah, they're, they're called. I'm sure at some point. I don't know the rule, but I'm sure at some point you become ineligible to play football. I don't know what it would that make point sense. Is. Well, you can take a red shirt, and then you can also take a medical red shirt, and then you can also be a graduate transfer. So if you, in theory, started off with a red shirt, but you wouldn't be playing, and then you started your freshman year, that's five years. Then you had a, a year you were injured. So technically, when you're playing that year, you have a medical redshirt. Now that's six years. And then if you transfer to another school as a graduate student for, for one more year of eligibility, you could go seven years. Didn't Winky for uh, Florida State do that too? Winky was like 27 oh, or gosh, something when yeah. he graduated. He had like five kids by the time. He, he like, did. He had kids. Yeah. Uh, he had kids on the a team. full lustrous beard. He had kids, <laughs> yeah, as a backup tackle. <laughs> yeah we uh so uh, those of you you listeners uh who don't know i graduated from the university of tennessee in knoxville go vols and uh johnny is from knoxville and dane fancies himself i like how you glossed over the fact that i didn't go to college you (laughs) nobody glossed no it was just it was interesting and johnny johnny's from somebody didn't graduate from bubkus he got his he got his (laughs) ged 
Um, Somebody's really. I'm not. It's just funny. You were trying to protect me, but it's just a funny thing. I wasn't trying to protect you at all. What was I going to say? Johnny didn't go to college. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny had a Johnny had a house there, and uh, other people paid for it. He lived in the. You've taken this too far. It's fine. Anyway, yes, I'm from Knoxville. (laughs) Johnny, we love you the same. Vols fans, we got to stick together. Do you think Butch? What do you think about Butch? You know what? You're very myopic in your Vol fandom. I just want to say that. Appreciate you say that. You're so reason. You're so reasonable about most anything else but when it comes to the vols you're like i'm telling you what this is our year we couldn't get the call blah blah blah. it's crazy the things that you'll say i think every vol fan is crazy at this y'all point. act like that really? other schools oh yeah but you're I, not but I oklahoma, am a vol fan. oklahoma fans are I'm reasonable a vol fan. no oklahoma. no no okay oklahoma okay my dad raised me on oklahoma football yes so i will always be a sooner fan yeah but i was born in knoxville Tennessee. who do you root for when they play each other oklahoma because I was an Oklahoma fan first. That's only I didn't he, really get football at like you know when yeah. I was too young to like really understand. I just knew like so oh, daddy likes Boomer Sooner. That's so. only because he wants to root for the team that wins that game. That's probably a little bit of that. Yeah, too. yeah. So. <laughs> you're doing the right thing. And in those two years that we played you back to back, you won both. Although we yep. were up by fourteen. Man, we should have. That was terrible. Yeah, was we collapsed. We collapsed. It was Baker Mayfield. But he did play for another SEC Baker, school before that. Well, Trevor Knight was our quarterback. <sighs> Trevor. Wasn't he one of the new Good kids? Portion of that. <laughs> Trevor Knight? Yeah. New? Oh, that's Jordan new Knight. Kids the I'm block. sorry. Yeah. New kids on the block. See? <laughs> Too young for that. No. What? Okay. Yeah. Now, finish your thing. Butch, Butch Jones. You know what? Um, I have had moments where I was uh, dissatisfied, discontented, if you will, as a Vol fan. Mm. Uh, I certainly have been discontented with certain calls, such as not going for two against Florida when you would be down by 13, allowing them the possibility to come back, score two touchdowns, and win by one and suck the very soul and life out of everyone in the That's a very specific scenario. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. If Didn't you ever, think he had some time management issues that, in, that, yeah. in the game? That we barely won. You know what? If you're talking about the game against Georgia Tech, yes, I really believe that everyone should be running the triple option because it oh, was and they un- will it be was unstoppable. Even if you don't currently run the triple option, you watch that tape and you're like, "That's what we're going to do against Tennessee." It is. It's like yeah. there was it's like, there was a backup to everything that you did, and yeah. I, I was actually very pleased that we won that game. Um, I think that it, we shouldn't have, no. but we did. And so I'll take it. Uh, but right. I think Butch, here's the deal. I'm actually, I think a nine-win team in Tennessee, I'm content. Like, I want to do better. But Why would we get nine wins? Where are the nine wins this year exactly, John? Again, you're crazy. We've had nine wins the last two years. Yeah. In the last year's yeah. last year's. Uh, you mean schedule, nine including the bowl? Well, Johnny, that counts. <laughs> it, it does. We were, we were nine and four last year. Uh-huh. Like, we lost to Vanderbilt last year, John. Well. Okay, Alabama's a loss. Yeah. Who? Where are these wins? You think we beat Florida? I do think we beat Florida. Okay. I think Florida, they're, they're favored by a touchdown. You know, Florida that. did not get to play last week because of the hurricane. Okay. Right. And uh, they have a quarterback. There could be problem. some rust. They played yeah. two quarterbacks, and they got embarrassed at Michigan. You're and right. they they were they were totally shut off of Michigan. And yeah. I don't think they have it right now. Even if they'll have it later in the season, uh, I think that mm. I mean they're in Gainesville. We haven't won there since two thousand three mm. or two thousand one, maybe. So, man, three, Casey Clawson, I think. But my point being, mm. I think that we can win that game. I don't know if we will. And I think that then you turn around and you have – the schedule is fortuitous for us this year <laughs> in that normally you have – like last year, here's what you had. You mm. open up with Appy State, which is a 10-win team, okay? So I understand we should all be Appy State, but they're not, they're not a – they're not a – they're not Indiana State who just played yesterday. Like, Appy State's a real team that beats real teams, okay? They you beat Michigan. Michigan. Appy State? Appalachian State. Appy, Appy State is how they say it. They sure. say Appy. Yeah. I just have heard App State. It's like, yeah. And these are the things we bring to this podcast. We're it talking is. about that. Important Appy is things. no, not as cool. Does it not make you Appy? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. Uh, oh, this is the kind of high quality comedy you can expect from this podcast. <laughs> this is wonderful. Are you unhappy? Okay. So we, we're off. We don't need to talk about yeah, football. This is not, not a sports podcast. We'll just make our predictions. But the OU hat got us on that rabbit trail, and I was tickled for mm. for Oklahoma because oh, yeah. Ohio State, you just want them to – something totally. about them. Everyone like, hates them. Like Urban Meyer is so good, that, but you also kind of want to punch him in the face. You don't know why. You don't know why. <laughs> you go, this guy's probably a good dude. Probably and if he was my coach, if he was my coach, you'd be like, yes, we got Urban Meyer. Right. But when he's not your coach, you're just like – 
Man, well, I could punch him. He's just very robotic, like always a grouch, I think. And may have faked. And always amazing. Like, so people d- are just like f- bound to hate him. Okay, this is illness. controversial, yeah. but did he did he fake the heart thing to get out of his Florida, his contract? Florida contract? I don't know, maybe two national he was, championships wasn't enough. He I mean, was why would he co- want to get out? He was coaching within like nine months. You know what? Heart's I good. Feel good. Turns yeah. out I got a good ticker. <laughs> it sounds just like him, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, Sorry, if you're yeah. an Ohio State fan, God love you. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think the reason we hate him so bad is because he was the absolutely. You don't had, hate you don't hate Vanderbilt. You hate Nick Saban. You know, first of all, because they cream you. First of all, I will appreciate it if you will not tell me what I hate and do not hate, <laughs> uh, because I do hate Vanderbilt. Actually, yeah. do I don't know, you hate Vanderbilt? I'm a Nashvilleian. I hate him. They beat us three out of the five last years. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I put those words together that appropriately. Is a, that's an embarrassing words put together makes sense. But it ma- it makes you mad at our team. It doesn't make you go like, oh, what a rivalry we were building. Like, no. well, I saw an ESPN commentator yesterday said they thought Vanderbilt is better than Tennessee right now. I mean, they're playing what? good football. But... South Carolina looks good too. The East is going to mm-hmm. be strong. Speaking of South Carolina, and I want to talk for a second about the hurricane a little bit. Sure. Uh, and I really want us to number one, our thoughts and our prayers are going out to. Uh, the victims of the hurricane actually have a friend who lives uh, in the Tampa area called me today. They have no electricity, but they made it through the night and, uh, you know, just some, some down trees and other things in, in their yard. And uh, my other good friend, Reggie Dabbs, who'll be a guest on the show. He lives in Fort Myers. Um, he stopped through, he flew his wife out. He's a, he's in town, right? Yeah. He's in, well, he's in Cookville right now. He's coming um, okay. around. So I saw him on Saturday for a minute and, they weren't sure. He said they were sending someone to their house today to look and see what the damage is because uh, mm-hmm. they were in the A group of the evacuation zone. So oh, wow. At the back of it. But so thoughts and prayers certainly go out to everyone. But I was watching the Weather Channel. My wife is sort of an amateur meteorologist, if you will, and she watches it 24 <laughs> hours a day. I mean, and she watches like she's keeping up in her own journal with like the pressure changes and stuff. Like, well, it's, it's moved. I mean, that was not Did a good Did she purchase a Doppler to put on the top I'm of your house? You, man, I think she would. Uh, and I think we could, we could create our own little weather channel and do well. I don't know. You it's, know what? But, we need more weather channels. We do. We do. It's, uh, that's I'm, I was like, honey, I think it's still a hurricane. But I get if you're living there and, and we have yeah. friends. So I'm, sounds insen- it sounds insensitive, but it was, it's been about 72 hours straight. It's been on. Yeah. And so the other day though, I was watching Johnny and uh, the governor of South Carolina came on to, he was giving their FEMA evacuation right. speech. And dude, I'm telling you, he had an accent. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It sounded like something. It sounded like a combination of Colonel Sanders and Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, wow. Like he was was honestly, he was saying things and he was like, now I do declare. He didn't say I do declare. (laughs) I think he did. (laughs) Was he saying like a state of emergency? I do. I I do. I say. And I kid you not though. He did say this. He said, now many of you fine folks who have been evacuating the hurricane have been running by your local filling stations. (laughs) He said filling stations, and he said it more than once. I kid you not. You've been going to your filling stations, and you've been topping off your gas tank in your automobile, and it's going to cause a problem. I don't know if he said automobile, but he said filling stations. It's causing a shortage of fuel, and so if we will all just get the appropriate amount of gas in our tanks, and we will be fine and here in the fine state of South Carolina. And my wife was watching it, and she was like, oh, my gosh, I could listen to him talk all day. Really? Like, oh, she loved it. Oh, she loved it. I was like, I think you have a crush on the governor of South, the governor <laughs> of South Carolina. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I was very impressed. Wow. Yeah, um, I, Marty. I have a good friend, Marty Simpson, who's a comedian there, and he uh, he left a week early for a trip for one of his because he was afraid he couldn't fly out of South Carolina, so he left five days early just to be out of the wow because he has to go make money to bring back to buy sandbags or whatever you got to buy. I don't know. It's awful. Well, I didn't know there were groups. There's a group. To the to the yeah, in evacuations? Certain, certain cities where the storm Is it surge. like Southwest where if you're like in the sea, you have to have a middle seat? Like what? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> All I know is it, it is as crazy as it's ever been. You know, here's what we're yeah. not talking about today. Yeah. Houston. Right. You know, and how, how quickly that narrative. A lot of them are still underwater. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and the billions and billions of dollars of damage. And so our, our thoughts and prayers obviously are still with the folks in Houston as well. And it's terrible. It's just, uh, it's just a time in you know, history that, uh, and, you know, and I was thinking about this, Johnny, and, and this is sort of some of our topic for today. Um, you know, I think there was a lot, a lot of time in my life, I consider myself a, a, a generous person and, uh, and, and certainly one who wants to give to causes. And I think technology today has made it, you know, your cellular phones and your telegraphs and your mm-hmm. fax machines, what and, you know, you? these, these things like 
there was a time in life where you would know about a disaster, but you wouldn't know about it as forthrightly, as instantaneously as we're hearing yeah. about it today. And then there was also a time where you just kind of knew that there was really nothing you could do but pray. Yeah. And I feel there have been a lot of times in life uh, that I feel almost crushed by the knowledge of, okay, there's there's kids, and we'll talk over the course of the podcast, there's kids at a, at a, a home in Cochabamba, Bolivia that we visited many, many times. All three of us have been there. Yeah. And kids who went to prison with their moms just because that's the system there. And, well, we got to help support those kids. And then I have several kids for Compassion International that I help support. And, you know, well, I mean, there's stories. I mean, I would love to, to do so many more. Yeah. And, and then there's, you know, the international sex trade, it, it does, it weighs on me. I have a nine-year-old daughter, and I just think about mm-hmm. how often, right now in Tennessee, right now, yeah. I, I actually went to uh, End Slavery website in Tennessee to talk about that we're at the hub in Nashville of all of these different interstates and how much trafficking happens right here. You begin to pile on. There was an earthquake, by the way, in Mexico. Right, just right. one in like 50 years happens at the same time as the hurricane. And then there's North Korea, you know, and what's going on, not just with the nuclear threat, but what's going on in their concentration camps. Like, it's unbelievable mm-hmm. what they're doing. There are three generations of, of punishment there where they're brainwashing and, and yeah. murdering people left and right. And this, the weight of the world's problems begins to grow to the point that yeah. we feel like we need to be involved. And that's really the social gospel. The social gospel says I respond to this, but I see all the time as a pastor, and myself included, where I mean, I just I begin to feel uh, that that it's beyond me. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know I don't know if I can respond to all of these needs. I could give everything that I own away. Yeah. Now I won't tell you how much I make doing this podcast, but guys, it's, it's significant. A, yeah, it's but if I were Why to, not? if that, well, we'll just wait. I, it would be embarrassing. We like to thank our sponsors, <laughs> Motrin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to be sponsored by just like inanimate objects, you know, like our sponsor today is grass, you know, <laughs> I don't know why I just think it would be funny. Our sponsor is concrete, <laughs> not a brand, just concrete. But you have to write your own anyway. Yeah. You write our own jingles and yeah, yeah it's going to happen. You're on it right now. Boom! It's, yeah. <laughs> you always talk about when they do that. concrete, it's hard out there. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> you were talking one time about the things that they advertise sometimes that are not products you can buy. Yeah, I used to get like, uh, or like, please buy U.S. postage stamps. It's like, well. What else am I going to do? I, every time I taped 32 pennies to the envelope, nothing happened. So <laughs> I'm on my way. Like, of course, I'm buying postage stamps. <laughs> really? You used to go like, air. Yeah, <laughs> air. Like how much The oxygen you- people. <laughs> How much money did you spend on this? I, I have know. no choice. No, but I know what you mean. Like it's overwhelming, and so you want to do something, but it's when you see how much there is, you feel helpless. So some people have do nothing because it's like you're so overwhelmed. You're like, well, I can't help my little. But then if you did, like if you gave everything away, uh, is that the right thing either? Uh, it's almost like not knowing was another era of society that we, I don't know, we, we almost yearn for it. If you're, if you were, if you grew up thin when we weren't just inundated with things day after day, you, you almost miss it. You're like, I, yeah. are we better off not knowing all this? And that's, what's hard. I mean, I think the miracle and the beauty of it is, is that we know that I know about, you know, there's two girls, one in Honduras and, and yeah. one in Ecuador that we support. I know their names and their life, mm-hmm. but when you know, two million girls you know and yeah. it begins to feel so um, i think that part of this has been the transition in my life away from uh a an understanding of how god feels about me based upon the works that i do yeah. based upon how good i can be and how much relief i can bring and how many problems in the world i can solve via and i think the way johnny you and i are raised and dane probably you as well i mean we were raised in a way that um that so much of Christianity in America, it wasn't bad. It's not our parents are wrong. or I mean, This is just the way we were all taught from mm-hmm. generations past that, um, you know, it's our job to fix things and, and kind of like it's Jesus's job to do something eternal for, for heaven. But, hey, after that, he's given you salvation now. The rest is up to you. 
And so you you know don't expect him to do something for you if you're not going to do for yourself. And you like this American idealism, yeah. Gets it just kept pull yourself up by the bootstraps, kind of gets mixed into God helps those. God helps those who helps themselves. People think people that's quote in the Bible. it like yeah, yeah. They think it's a proverb. Yeah. yeah. And so you begin to like, and, and as a pastor for years, and, and as a kid growing up in church, you know, you, you start to, and we, how many missions trips about taking kids on? Yeah. Where it's like, hey, we're going to go down there, we're going to live out the gospel. And that's good and true, and we're not anti that, but you begin to somewhere inside your mind, and hey, let's talk about that. This is what this is about. You begin inside your mind to ascribe your value to yourself or limit your value or elevate your value based upon how much good in the world you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that sounds really good, even to a lot of a lot of Christians. And what we're not saying is, hey, because the truth is, I mean, James, the book of James would say, hey, well, you know, but if you don't have right. these works to substantiate your faith, then your faith is dead. But we can't forget that James was saying that uh, in, in the response of what the real gospel was at the time that they understood that, that there was nothing I could do to earn. He wasn't. We, we take it out of context, like we're already in a workspace mindset, so mm-hmm. then we gravitate to those to go, well, this is how I know I'm right. a good Christian. This is all the good I do. This is the kids I support. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. how much I gave to the hurricane relief effort, this and that and this. And you begin to, it sounds like a good thing, but I find myself bearing a weight yeah. that only God can bear. I think at the end of the day, there's only one who really knows all the little kids in the world today who are suffering. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. There's only one who knows all the seismic activity, all the hurricane activity, all those things. And there's only one who's able to contain the knowledge of all that. And no matter how much my phone buzzes, it's not me. But if I try to take it all in, yeah, I think it can, it can hurt us. And, and, and please understand me. Y'all know I'm not saying, hey, I think we should... I think we should stop caring and stop listening and go right. off the grid and all those things. But I do think that Christians need to hear a message that, hey, listen, just because the world is in shambles today doesn't mean that you're supposed to lose your hope because his mm-hmm. yoke or that weight, that thing around your neck today is not supposed to be so heavy that you can't bear it. Yeah. It's not that it's not heavy. You're just not supposed to carry it. It is heavy. But who's carrying it in your life? Right. You know, is it you or is it someone else? That's just my thought. Well, yeah, and it's the thing too about not becoming the savior yourself because we want to swoop in. That's Americanism, anyways. Like we, we yeah. come in, we're self made, we we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, or we're it, we're achievement oriented as a culture. And so, uh, even growing up in you know conservatism, like now uh, Dane's generation is starting to question the roots of even capitalism and conservatism that says you are the sum of your life choices. Or right. if you're in a situation, it's because of some thing that you did. And then, you, you know, you start seeing people that are born into poverty or born, it's like the luck of the draw. We happen to be born, you know, in Tennessee, in the United States of America, somebody else, you start questioning that stuff and you're like, but does this reconcile with that? Does that make sense? You know, and so, yeah, you go, Maybe there's an order to this that is not just about my choices and what I do and what I don't do. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think the flip side of, you know, don't, then who's going to help them? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a balance. There's a healthy balance, I think, with everything. But specifically with this, you know, yes, go help. Or if you can't, that's also fine, too. Like, it's not your salvation is not hanging in the balance on whether you or your your christianity is not hanging in the balance on whether or not you go and help people in florida well, yeah. or if you stay at home like you're it doesn't make you a terrible person uh, or a satan worshiper if you stay at home like that's just not the case right i mean it could be disobedience there may be a case in mm-hmm. life where hey you should have mm-hmm. even then like i have a kid and she's disobedient all the time or she may miss it it doesn't mean one that she stops being my kid it doesn't mean, two, that I'm not going to talk to her about it. And it doesn't mean, three, that I'm not going to give her another opportunity to be obedient the very next day. Right. And I think that, I think you're exactly right. I think it should be. It should be the Christ followers who are the first on the ground. And we hope that it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's that when this foundation of your faith, and Johnny, you were hinting at that, is mixed in with this, it's up to me, it's the sum of my choices, Right. It's and there there are those who it's the sum of theirs as well, and they're they have not made as good a choice. I lived this. I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest right. and vulnerable, totally. I think that's unhealthy, and if not a little bit narcissistic. Oh, it's absolutely narcissistic. The, well, it helps you to look past somebody. Are. You can go, well, here's a poor person, but 
they live there because they didn't go get an education, whatever. Well, what if there were barriers to them getting an education right. that there weren't, there weren't barriers for me? Well, but that's just a myth. There's not, well, what if I can prove to you that there are barriers and that, you know, cities were literally planned along railroad. There literally was oh, yeah. across the tracks and cities yeah. were laid out. There were red lines and there were how, housing was denied to certain people for generations. And now, and you go, and once you prove that, then they, it chips away at your whole belief system. And then you find yourself going, maybe this is, like maybe we need to show grace to everybody, not just people that like. Even if people made wrong choices, and there's people that made wrong choices right. on the other side too. But it's like, well, like wrong choices exempt you from being shown grace. When right? Grace, by definition, should be shown the most to yeah. people who made wrong choices. Because what we end up, what we though is we begin to quantify the levels of grace. Well, my wrong choices are of a yeah. lesser degree than yours. Yeah. Therefore, I need less grace than you. And I think that that's the poison uh, that. And I don't know if it was ever taught to me. I think that that's just a natural progression because yeah, I'm a, I'm a self centered person, um, and I think it comes down to what do you mix? I, I, I love this idea. If you're building a foundation, you're mixing it like concrete, mm-hmm. and you put something in there that shouldn't have been in there that you're trying to get out, but it's a part of the fabric now. Yeah. When it hardens, there's no way, and I think that's the sad tragedy of what's happened to the faith of a lot of people in our generation mm-hmm. is that. Maybe 85 to 90% of what the foundation of their faith is built upon is right. But we put other things in there. Yeah. We mix something with grace. We mix something in there, whether it was this, hey, you know, yes, Jesus loves you just the way you are. It's all these conflicting messages. Jesus loves you just the way you are, and, and he accepts you, and he, you know, you can't make it to heaven by your own good works and all those things. But then when you go to church day in and day out, if you'd have sat in my ministry for years and years, all I would have, I would have, proclaimed those things to be true but what i was really giving you were the tools to be a better person mm-hmm. so now that that's happened though here's how you resist temptation right. here's all the charts and graphs behavior and modification right, behavior modification yeah and so what this this unspoken these these unspoken and spoken things are now in conflict and then the problem is when it doesn't work as it doesn't because only the real gospel works. Because if you have a gospel built upon how good you can be, then there's nothing supernatural about it at all. And people right. begin to question that. It doesn't actually change your desires. It doesn't actually change uh, your right. abilities. It doesn't give you strength. It just, you're now, it's now based upon how good you can resist or how yeah. good, you know. And at the end of the day, there's nothing supernatural. You don't have honest, vulnerable conversations and community with people because you don't have to. It's based upon how good you can be. And then the day that that fails you, you feel like you got to chip up the whole foundation. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is you're chipping away 85% of what's good. Yeah. It wasn't necessary in the first place. We just mixed in the wrong thing. Yeah, I see that a lot mixed in too now with like like the Colin Kaepernick thing. I'm of two minds about it. I think it's somebody's right to, it's somebody's right to protest. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what made America great. Uh, do I agree with the way he's doing it? Maybe not. But I do think what it's made Christians do, because I've seen Christians who are, they, you know, friends, who they're so mad about it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe define for listeners. What uh, Colin Kaepernick what ne- Neil knelt for the national anthem for many, many games mm-hmm. last season. Now he's a free agent and has no job, and people think he's being blacklisted and blackballed by the NFL. They're colluding together to not give this guy a job. And I don't know whether that's true. I don't know uh, enough to know that about how, whether or not. Now, obviously, he would be a distraction if he just comes to your team. So you got to weigh whether that would be worth it. If I was an owner, it's a business. So first of all, it's not real persecution because it's a business and they can decide who they want to hire. But I do think it's fascinating here. A Christian have these strong beliefs and what they're doing, it's like the concrete thing. They've mixed in nationalism and what we call jingoism. If you look back to like McCarthy era, Mm -hmm. where it was like America became an idol for a lot of people and anybody not an American was an enemy of the state Instead of seeing the human race as a whole and it's a people group that needed Jesus, we we let this jingoism and nationalism mix in. And now it's such a part of the fabric. I did a show in Alabama, John, where it was a men's event, and they got up and sang before I came up. It was near July 4th. It was Mm -hmm. like a cookout. These guys got up and sang God Bless the USA, like a choir, Mm -hmm. these four guys, like a Southern Gospel thing. They put the words on the screen like it was a worship song, and people stood up and lifted their hands as a flag wow. was on the graphic. And I was never more creeped out in my entire life. Where was this? This was at a church in Alabama. This was a couple of years ago. Oh, I've Alabama. seen it my whole life. And you go, yeah. I go, I don't know that it's, it's just, I think it's an error. I don't think it's like these guys are bad guys. That is super creepy, though. But it just made me go, 
Well, what if America goes wrong? What if we stop doing what God wants us to do? But you still have America. You've you've mixed it in with Christianity, so right. America can't be wrong. We, you know, it's like the the office that we we have to respect the office of the presidency. Do we? I can pray for my leaders and go. I'm going to hold you accountable, too. And so I think there's all that stuff that we've mixed in the concrete, like you said. We're chipping away, and now like the good that's in there is being laid waste as well. Yeah, you know the nationalism thing. And it's all, you have to be careful even when you talk about it because I'm not anti, not only respect, but celebration of not only my country, but the men. I, mean, I have good friends in the military Absolutely. and all those things. We're not, we're not saying that. It, we've, we've made this such a hot button that it's hard now to talk about it. But you were, and there was a book I was looking for while you were talking, and I'm having trouble tracking it down. Um, a guy wrote a book. It's a very academic book about that very thing, the mixing of nationalism and American culture mm-hmm. uh, and, and religion, because I can remember being to church services uh, throughout my life where there were those who lift their hands and, and worship during a patriotic song in a church setting when we we're having a 4th of July service yeah. or something else. Now, there's a chance they're just thanking God, mm-hmm. you know, for their country. Yeah, that's, and that's for freedom. And yeah, What's the difference between a normal worship song that we would sing on Sunday and that song? They're they're asking God to bless America. You Correct. Know? I, I'm not standing in any position here. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Well, sure, but I mean, I'm, talk, I'm talking about like, well, yes, sure. But I'm thinking like, yeah, well, like, you're, okay. Let's well, let's, but, let's let's find out. Let's figure out why that's creepy. Well, and why that's right because you know what you're just having trouble identifying why. Right, right. I, I I think that I think that it's a it's it's when I think Johnny hit it on the head. It's when I now think. I now ascribe to my nation the attributes of my God yeah. as if one and the other are so and, – and Americans really have a – you know, I, I was a history major and a history teacher, and I'm by no means a historian, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, Americans over time, they, they seem to have a lack of understanding, myself included, that we're only 200 years old, just over 200 years old, mm-hmm. and that's not very long. No. Like I'll watch these History Channel specials on these ancient societies where we will literally stumble ac- upon the ruins of this city and we will find out that they lasted there for like a thousand years and no one's even heard of them before. <laughs> and we're just now finding, and how many of those have sprung up over yeah. the course of history? We don't even know. Mm-hmm. And yet we feel like that we've been here forever and that we're somehow tied into the God's plan there are those who, who take biblical prophecy and try to find America in it. And my personal take on that is we're not, we're not in it. Like we're not that important. That's you're talking about narcissism. Like right. we're important to God. It's not, I'm not saying we're not important to God, right. but are we the linchpin of God's plans? <laughs> there are those who believe that we are. Well, guys, right. God's people, you know, that he chose <laughs> that we can read throughout the, the Bible. If you want to look at the linchpin, pin, go, go to the Middle East and, and take a look at, at Jerusalem and what what's happening there. I believe those things are going to be where that yeah. plays out. But to that end, when I begin now to believe, and, and, and Johnny's right, I can respect the office of the president. And some, and I think this is, let's talk about that. Some people really believe that the best way to respect someone or to love someone is to say nothing about their faults. Right. Because we have watered down what it really means. At the end of the day, if I'm in, and I consider you two guys some of my best friends in the world, if I love you well, and there's this glaring thing in your life, you know, there's a book that I just uh, got to collaborate on with my friend Todd Wagner, and it comes out in October, and we'll talk about it more, I'm sure. But one of the things he says is in the book is this there are Christians out there who have friends, okay? And that friend is so socially inept, like the friend cannot function in social environment simply because they're rude or because they keep saying this inflammatory thing or this offensive thing or this whatever is, it may this be. This is about me. Is it an intervention? Johnny, I think you know why we've called you here. Wow. So You're the narcissist we, we're talking about. We went a long way to yeah. have this talk. So this there's really, no podcast. It's a really elaborate intervention. <laughs> <laughs> and so speaking of narcissism, shameless plug there about your your upcoming book. <laughs> you know, there's a new book was, out. Uh, uh, where is it? Through it. Here, I had a shelf of them. Um, and so he says, the thing is, is, is that person will go out and yeah. meet strangers in the world. Mm-hmm. And in five seconds, a stranger can pinpoint that social hangup, whatever it may be. It doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. It doesn't make you someone that we shouldn't love. 
he just says that stranger knows oh it's because you keep doing this or whatever and they could say it to them like that but they've had friends who are quote right believers who they've been friends with for a decade two right. decades who do not love them enough yeah. to say hey bro uh, you're kind of offensive. When yeah, you it's say like this. if your friend has a booger. Like if you don't tell your friend he has a booger, you're not really their friend. Exactly. You're afraid to say, like, oh gosh, you let them go into a restaurant now with that. Come on, what are you doing, buddy? You're not oh, their friend. A real be a be a real you. friend, Johnny. Yeah. I've been meaning to tell you. Wow. Yeah. And I'm tall. Booger. I am tall too, and so when I stand on a stage, you're like a human I'm above booger. people, and people look right at my, and I have a deviated septum, so I have this one like really slanted, awkward nostril. And uh, I've been told I have the nostrils of a champion, an ex-heavyweight champion. And uh, so people literally can look up and see a bat in the cave for me uh, no. pretty easily. If no, I've got a, I, I check, I double check <laughs> before I go out because I, I go, they're looking right up my nose. I'm 6'4 and I'm 10 feet above you anyway. So you're saying, you're saying before you're, every show, before every show you're I'm in checking, the green room, you're by yourself. Absolutely. You, you have got a booger a mirror. Two by brownie. I have a special, it's table. a dental mirror. And I, no, no, you're no. saying <laughs> you're going to go into the bathroom. It telescopes out. You're going to go into the bathroom. I double check. And look up your nose holes. I look into, yes. And be like, okay, I'm good now. I'm good. Go I'm good. Or, wow, I'm glad I checked because holy moly. <laughs> so you said that you have, so your, your nose mm-hmm. is like planning nefarious plots. No, wait, no, to, no. That's to not destroy, a devious, that's a devious set. That's a different thing. <laughs> okay, that's okay, different. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's excellent. <laughs> yeah, it must take over the world. Um, um, I've never noticed that, just so you know. I've thank never you. noticed your gigantic nose. I have, <laughs> well, it's crooked. Aunt Curry thinks I should get it fixed, by the way. Oh, wow. We went there. No. She. It looks fine. To me. So you're saying because you I real snore. Friends. Well, she's saying because I snore, though. Oh, okay. Right. Well, yeah. Air quotes right now. You do. I can snore. confirm that. You do snore. She very yeah, you look like a, a supermodel, lot. bro. She. You well, that's to do a lot more than the nose. That's what I'm saying. That's not the first surgery. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like 12B. <laughs> I've drawn this rough flow chart. Yeah. Please excuse the crudity of this. She model. just hands me a. She just hands a photo over to the doctor. And like, man, this is Ryan Gosling. There's no. This isn't a wand. I'm holding. It's a scalpel. Here's three credit cards. Do what you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, By the way, Ryan Gosling's like five eight. So. I'm six That's four, like so. the thing you have. Eat it, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Boy, yeah, you really showed He him. only wishes <laughs> that he could hover over people showing them their horrible it, nose goblins. Funny story about your snoring. Yeah. There was one time. I don't remember where we were. We were in some hotel room and... It was like four o'clock in the morning. You yeah. woke me up. Oh, because I was on the road with you. Yeah, yeah. Some weekend, we were right. doing some shows. You woke me up. Mm-hmm. I was terrified of the snoring. Well, you weren't just snoring. Oh, you like woke up snoring. Yeah, and then you sat up in your bed. Okay, and you started. R- you started rubbing your face. Yeah. Oh yeah, the face smack. You, yeah. You like yeah. Well, my sinuses smack your face, but like rubbing your entire face with your hands. Well, yeah. And, and making you, this this noise. <laughs> yes. I was terrified. I get sinuses <laughs> problems when do, I travel. You get sinuses problems. Do you know when you do that? <sighs> Shame. Or was I that? Have, were you I have cognizant? English language issues. <laughs> were you what? cognizant when you did that? There's no way to know. Are you that. ever? No. Aware? I don't know if I'm cognizant right now. Do you, you know, know when you do that though? Yeah. Typically, maybe. Johnny didn't and I, seem like you were. It was involuntary? Yeah. That's we why it was probably, scary to me. We should probably get some context for our listeners because, okay, so Johnny and I were in a band for like eight years together. Yeah. Uh, Dane is in a band. We're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show. Uh, and it is a little bit later in the show, all, John. Guys, this show is seven oh, hours. We're, we're 45 minutes. Oh, we're great. Almost. <laughs> we got tons of Almost time. 45 minutes. Man. So. But Dane and I and Johnny have all traveled together a lot, different trips, different band things. Uh, and so. Uh, Johnny is is notorious. Right. Uh, when I said nefarious nostrils, mm-hmm. like it's true. Like the dude, I have uh, watched over the years. And uh, Dan, what you what you were was it? Were you a child when this happened? No, no wonder it scared I was, you. I was probably in my twenties. Okay. Well, I don't so know like, why I would scare you then. But 20, 20, 20. Um, at the end of the because day, because it was weird. It freaked no, me out. No, it is. And he doesn't know that he literally no. sits up and he punches his nose. No, I don't punch well, it. It's don't, a there's deep. There's you something. You also have night terrors, yeah. and that's what my mind I've went got, to. Right. He's gonna think I'm an intruder. Yeah, and he's gonna clobber me to death. I'm gonna start rubbing your face <laughs> <laughs> violently. That's what that's killed. Definitely creepy. That's what killed my dad. I. <laughs> Rubbed his face until 
That and heart disease. But I think the face rubbing had a role. It played a <laughs> big part. Anyway, no, this, here's the deal. Here's the true story. Since I moved to Nashville, which is basically when the band broke up, John, so thanks very much. Wow. You had to throw that in. <laughs> my allergies have been... 10 times better. So I don't have a lot of the same. You know, you, you moved, moved to Tennessee. into the allergy basin. <laughs> when I moved to Nashville from Knoxville, because I moved, right. I'm telling you my allergies 10 times well, better. Well, supposedly the Cumberland Plateau or That's basin weird. here for us is supposed to be worse than Knoxville. All, All I know are up there in the Smoky Mountains, which is not actually yeah. fog. Supposedly it's, it's pollution. That's what Smoky Mountains are pollution. I want to go back and true? I want to read yeah. the account. No. The smoke is from pollution. But here's the deal. Well, I smoke, yeah. but it's like I, fog. It's pollution. I, read the. Do I, I think need to it's Google a myth. Else? I think maybe. I think, I it's, you a think it's a myth? myth because it might be. It might be exacerbated by the pollution. But oh, here's boy. the deal. You think you're that, just defending the Smokies here? Do you think that they named the Smoky Mountains? No, they didn't know it was pollution yeah, no then. Way. Well, that's the I point. Don't think they it was had smoke They also before. thought an eclipse was the devil blotting out the sun, <laughs> John. <laughs> but that point, they Is named that it the Smoky Mountains before there was pollution. That's my point. They're like, ah, the devil. I, yeah, I don't know if I buy that. The devil took the sun away. Give me another cup see, of that moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, this is the rewriting of history that we yeah. are going to stop with this podcast. Do right? you think that people? No, the, I, absolutely. My allergies have gotten better, though, John. So I think it's fun to pick on me. I get it. Look, I'm an easy target. I'm not picking on. I'm you. being vulnerable. Fun, it's, too. it's just a good story. It's, uh, well, it's but I think back to our point in hand that there are those who are there are those in life that a friend never tells them, and I think yeah. I think that what we're dealing with. Is a lack of of understanding the right boundaries. Some of my foundations and the yeah. concrete. What's mixed into your boundaries? What would you tolerate in a conversation? I'm at the place in my life today, God's honest truth, where I really want the people who say they love me to love me well enough yeah. to to make me better. And that's something that Todd says in the book. He says, "Look, if, if Jesus loves you, uh, if Jesus loves you enough to change you, then so should your friends or to yeah. help you along. I mean, if He loves you that good, loves you that well." Uh, then he should, he should, you know, I, I want that. I desire that. I don't want to be like beat up all the time. Right, right. But I, if I know you're not going anywhere, and I know it's for my good. Yeah. Then I'd much rather, before I walk on the stage, if my zipper's down, you know, this is the metaphor. Right. I'd rather have somebody that loves me say, hey, bro, you know, zipper's down. Yeah. That's, uh, agreed. God, man, tears. Sorry, I, I, that made me tear up. Okay. <laughs> Can I say this too? Because I know we, I brought up Colin Kaepernick and he's very divisive. This this issue's divisive, and and maybe I sound like somebody who's being you know, like some Marxist or something. But I have a lot of respect for the flag. If I was an NFL player, I would kneel. Yeah, uh, I would, uh, I would, or I would stand. I wouldn't kneel. I would stand for the flag. I would hold the edge of the Whatever flag. Whatever shows respect. Whatever shows respect. Well, exactly. And I think that the 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 thing that's causing disillusionment is that we are not acknowledging. Yeah, the fact that we can have a country that we love, yeah, and that we celebrate its history, and there's lots of conversations I know we can have in the future about monuments and other things. That you know, there's this. This is the this is the cultural right. dialogue right now, um, and man, I, I celebrate it, and I'm grateful for it. At the end of the day, um, understanding that I have citizenship in multiple places, and I have to know which one. Which one is my highest reality? Yeah, I Look, thought you were going to say which one trumps which one, but then you <laughs> you held back from saying the word Trump. <laughs> what trumps? Your, um, yeah, you know. But at the end of the day, I mean, and I'm not trying to 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 be overly religious sounding about it, but uh, you know that I, I think it's okay. Here's the problem: if it offends us to talk about it, yeah, then we have to evaluate. That's the whole point of this podcast. We have to evaluate what we should be talking about and that is the problem is not the topic mm-hmm. the problem is that it offends us to have honest conversation about the topic because we've not built this bridge across to one another to be able to sustain the actual weight of honest community conversation yeah and and i that's the way i feel about texting and social media and i'm involved in both but I just always want to say this, and I, you know, I used to manage a band, as some of you oh. know, yeah. And we used to have that conversation because anytime that the bandmates would begin texting one another about important things, it would always, I mean, it would descend into utter just <laughs> chaos and madness and right. gnashing of teeth, and because they could, they they were not possessing within that medium the 
tools of actual interaction and conversation to provide the context of looking one another in the eyes yeah. and on social media even that I don't believe anything of significance in terms of a heart change can happen on social media if there's dialogue. Now, it can happen that I show you the picture of a kid on Instagram yeah. you know, that I need you to do something about or relief. Absolutely. But that's not a conversation. If When we start having conversations, especially on Facebook, where you start having comments back and forth in a thread, you have to realize if you and I, Johnny, let's mm-hmm. be honest, you and I are talking right now in front of millions of people mm. right, via this podcast. And it changes the way that we talk. Yeah. Because millions of people are listening right now. And at the end of the day, (laughs) at the end of the day, that's what's happening on social media. And if you think that even though your position is correct, if you think the fact that millions of people could be listening or watching via Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever you're choosing to do, if it's not changed, of course, at least say this. It's it's not a real conversation. Yeah. It's not. It's something – it can be valid, significant, but it's not a real conversation as it would be if we're sitting across the table yeah. and we're having to look, look each other in the eyes. Um, I, in fact, I remember there was this. Uh, I haven't got a lot. I haven't got a lot of. I haven't got a lot of hate mail in my life, Johnny. Yeah. But guy, that sounds like I'm plugging myself. But I wrote this book with a guy uh, one time uh, named David Ring, and it was kind of a. Uh, Adaptation. It was based on a true story, mm-hmm. and uh, wrote it in 1969, Liberty, Missouri. And it was this this story of you wrote it in 1969, Liberty, Johnny, Missouri. I went back in time. How did you do that? It was unbelievable. <laughs> um, there I was. Words good me, uh, yeah. and so I I I the setting was then right, and we we had this whole like author preface where we said as you know, hey guys, as the writer, I, I took liberty with. No pun intended. It was set in Liberty. <laughs> I know you picked up on that. I took, and so, dang. but that I, but that I, I Dane, I'll be here all day. <laughs> um, but there was, I said, hey, you know, this is a true story. Mm-hmm. It's like a movie, though. There may be a case where we change some names or identities to protect people or situations because right. there was some really heavy stuff yeah. in this book, and uh, it's called The Boy Born Dead. Available at Amazon.com. And so <laughs> we we did this, and this dude went to Amazon. And left this unbelievably scathing review where basically he didn't call out, by the way, the author of the book is the guy I was writing about. His name is David Ring. He's the author. He has cerebral palsy. And and so, you know, writing and other things would be difficult for him. I'm part of his team. And there was another uh, collaborator on it as well that I based the main character off of him. It was his childhood best friend. And so everyone knows this. I'm the with guy on the book. And this guy didn't just write that review. He sent me a personal email. And it was the most unbelievable thing I'd ever read before. And he basically said, he basically said, you are a sham. David Ring is a great man, and you have tarnished his entire life. You're a liar. Wow. I mean, he he, he called me everything under the book. And then he said this, Johnny. He said, don't even bother replying, because I won't won't even acknowledge that you do. And... Let's talk about that. Like, May God like, have mercy could on you your please soul. Please put the title of this podcast one I'm not, more time. No, that's why I wanted to call it that because because at the end of the day, like, bro, does it really matter what you just said to me? Yeah. Like the, the problem is you're not willing is, to listen. To you're not you willing to listen. Yeah. What I wanted, I wanted to send an email and say, listen, man, I will buy you dinner wherever you are. I even know where you are. If you will sit down across the table from me, look me in the eyes like a man, <laughs> and yeah. say the things you just said and give me your actual reasoning. I, w- I would actually like to hear that. But bottom line is, if I ever had the opportunity, the honor, and if that guy's listening among those millions you of people. You really did say this to him. No, I didn't bother replying because he wasn't going to reply, and I didn't want to mm, do it I in anger, that. you know. But, yeah. but I still may. But at the end of the day. It if was you're like, listening. You're kind of doing that right now on this podcast. Wow. Doing the same what? thing he did to you. That's why I started this. Number one, to talk about Johnny's nostrils. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and this fact that he needs surgery. And then number two, why is this podcast not called Johnny? I guarantee in. you Johnny's Nostrils is not taken as a podcast. <laughs> Johnny'sNostrils.com. <laughs> you can be a Johnny Nostril partner. Partner. <laughs> partner. <laughs> the Johnny Nostril portal. Uh, anyway, uh, at the end of the day, though, he didn't want to have a tough conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so easy to just, I know we're not dogging social media today, but man, it's so easy to sound off. And I think that a, a good rule of thumb would be in my life like, look, if I can't have a real conversation here, then what's the point? Right. It's just gonna it's just gonna do what it does, and we've seen what it does. Is it helping President Trump? 
to be tweeting into the stratosphere uh, his opinion? No. Whether you like him or dislike him, is it really helping? Like, I know hardcore Trump supporters who are like, I had one tell me the other day, I, I, I support him. I voted for him. I just wish to God in heaven someone would take his phone away. <laughs> right. Like, they're just begging it, you know, because yeah. it's, not a, it's not helping yeah. to do that. Um, yeah, know. it is. It's, it's a, it, you say things in a vacuum, and, and there's no listening. You're, everybody wants to have the last word. And you can have the last word on social media even if you are the least educated person. You just have to be vigilant. If you're the most long-suffering, vigilant person, you can just be like, it can just descend into, well, you suck. And then you just keep going. And then like, it started out of a highly intelligent conversation, but whoever just right. has the ones have like, and that's not, that's not how a real conversation should go. Right. It should be like, okay, do you have something to contribute? And I'm going to listen to your side of it. And then I'm going to say, then you're, but yeah, if you just want to cut somebody off, that's just, it's a vacuum. We're just shouting our viewpoint. And then we delete anybody that doesn't agree with us, too. So that way, only people who have our like mind, it's crazy. It's like we've developed another bubble. We always talk about how Christianity in the 90s and 80s was a bubble and how we were almost afraid of the world. So we we demonized everything outside of our bubble. Well, that's what social media is becoming for all belief systems. If you're Muslim, if you're liberal, if you're whatever, I create a walled-in version of the universe with only my people in it. So then they just talk about narcissism. I've never been challenged now. I always think I'm right. So now I go out into the world thinking that's just how it is. And when you get challenged, you you get obliterated. Yeah, you crumble. You question everything. Yeah. When it was never meant, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the disillusionment was unnecessary because we weren't honest with you when you built your foundation. Yeah. You know, and and so, hey, you know, on that note, uh, I would love to welcome to the show our special guest today, Mm. Dane Allen. Mm. Hey. We already welcomed him, John. Well, yeah, yeah but now he's in special guest. Oh, mode. I see. Okay. Yeah, and, and, okay. and, and in all actuality, what Dane is probably going to talk about has nothing to do with anything we were just That's talking totally about. That's totally fine. But uh, Dane oh, yeah. is the uh, Dane's a songwriter here in Nashville. Uh, he is uh, a musician, a, an avid musician, and a very talented a guitar player, a vocalist, um, and I've uh, been a good friend for a, a long time. And Dane, we just wanted you to come on today and tell us a little bit. I know you have a new project uh, that is being uh, di- being released and different things that are happening. Tell us about uh, what's going on in your music world. Yeah. So uh, we... Hmm, it's hard to talk about it. This is the first time I've... Oh, wow. I've actually talked about this on a... In front of millions of people. Right, millions of people. <sighs> right. Well, in this format or like in an interview, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little strange. But so, nice. yeah, we, we recorded an album a year and a half ago. Mm. And, uh, you know, 12 tracks. And uh, it's a long time in music. But um, we're not able to release it until, you know, about a month ago, month and a half ago, we started releasing songs. So it's a really exciting time for us. What's the yeah. name of your band? Uh, it's Loyals. Loyals. And what's your website if we wanted to go hear some of this music? Uh, you can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Music, wherever you can see Beautiful. music. Loyals. Just search Loyals. keyword search Loyals. Loyals. <laughs> With a Z, right? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Three Z's at the end. Loyals. Uh, what kind of music is it, Dane? I mean, I've uh, heard it's been pop. Uh, probably fits more into like the alternative kind of things that are going around right now. Yeah. Uh, we signed with Tooth and Nail. Oh, Tooth and Nail, Nail Records. Yeah. Um, bands like Hearts Like Lions or, you know, back in the day, Under Oath, Emery, those kinds of bands. Yeah. So it's a little interesting, uh, a pop band being on that label. There's some degree of pop on their label for sure, but this, I feel like this is probably the most, uh, the most, I don't know a different word for it, but I guess just pop. Like it's, it's not, yeah, that you're the most probably synth laden band that yeah, they have maybe, on the roster, probably. Maybe. Right? You think? I don't know. You know, it's just I think it's just blatantly pop. Like we're yeah, not yeah. trying to do anything else. We're not trying to be feminine, if you will. <laughs> yeah, super. <laughs> Dane's voice can get high, guys. I don't it's know how to say it. Impressive. He, he. I lost a filling during worship last <laughs> Sunday. I didn't think it could happen. And uh, sure, I was eating one of those peanut butter chews that they put out for Halloween, but. <laughs> 
You know the ones. How about you make the ones that we give out at church to visitors when they come? The, <laughs> Tim Hawkins has a bit about those peanut butter with the with the wax paper, the orange wax paper. Oh, they're horrible. He's like they taste like peanut butter and burnt hair. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. Yeah. Anyway, Dane's voice is uh, tremendously high. And, we, should, uh, we should probably talk about that a little bit. I I also lead worship yeah. at the church oh, that John Driver is. Oh, uh, my church. Yeah. What, what's your official my, title? My teaching church. Pastor? I'm the teaching pastor. Yeah, I knew all that. We led worship together yesterday. Yeah. But I'm just right. But the millions of people listening don't know. Right. For people so. who don't know. Right. So you're, yeah, you're a worship director. Yep. And I, I pro- will produce this show, but I'll also kind of be on as a, right. I don't know. What do we call it? A that? voice of reason. What, what am I? <laughs> a voice of reason. <laughs> I guess I'll just be consistently here and there. I might be working on the actual file in the middle of interviews or in the middle of episodes, but. You should write. I want you to write like a cool pop jingle that intros the show, and lay some stuff on it. Yeah, I'll give you some words. I want to get with Gomez on something because I feel like we could get something. I think if because if you hook them with the right, Mm. like that bumper music, oh yeah, can draw you in totally. No, I I really do want to do like a. I think it'd be killer, like an intro. Because if the first thing they hear is John's voice, I think (laughs) they're going to be a lot of cars like just going straight into a guardrail. You know, like, what is this? You yeah. can't unplug those headphones fast enough. You're like, oh, it got into my head. Like, you can't. It's on me. But if they heard like a soothing sense Something like maybe, a, I do declare yeah. that but over this in, here podcast <laughs> will be heard at every filling station. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I don't. Um, well, I'm excited for the band, by the I way. I, I mean, we're so Thank proud of Dane. And uh, they've been, we've known. We've known these guys since they were seventh graders. I think that's why this is so much fun because there's so there's so much history in the three of us and kind of our our journeys together, and it's just um, it's just a lot of fun to be able to sit down and talk about. Oh, it's and it's super cool music, and and you guys are really doing something awesome and different. And I think it's it's going to be great. Yeah, very talented, very talented, and great writing and. Evan, the bass player for Loyals, uh, travels a lot as my road assistant. Yeah. So I get to hear all the tracks when they right. come out. And uh, so. When you see the picture of Loyals, Evan is the guy with the majestic beard. Right. Majestic beard. beard. You know, here, can I, uh, this is just going to sound like I'm an old person. <laughs> can you not, can nobody smile? You guys look so mad in your photo. I don't know. I mean, not even, a, just like a smirk. Give me a smirk. You don't have to show teeth like sure. some. There, it's like truth you told, look like you guys are getting ready to throw fists like it's yeah, maybe. on maybe maybe it's pop music so pop music there should be a guard let down like i get if it's a rock band like you gotta look aggressive but your music's not aggressive right, like, looks like some of it is in anger like we're looking some of the some of the songs are aggressive but i don't think that really matters i don't think yeah. whether a band is pop or yeah. country i want to see matters. just one album cover or a photo promo photo shoot where a band is looking the same direction <laughs> and kind of smirking that doesn't make for a good picture. It would though. make me happy, Johnny, though. you know. It looks like a we family band portrait. Photos. I want Olin Mills' little logo at the bottom of it. You, well, here's the thing about music. You want to buy music yeah. from people that are cool or look cool. Yeah. And I think that's the goal. And you really we may think look a like you can make that happen. So you're you? saying, but like, here's, here's what's happened. Let, let, let's talk about that. Why do we think that people in society who are cool should look aloof or almost angry? Like if somebody's smiling, you're like, mm. what's wrong with that guy? What's he hiding? Why is he so? We happy? don't go. He must be awesome. What a cool, happy guy! Yeah, if you see somebody that looks angry, you're like, that guy seems pretty cool. Oh, maybe I could. <laughs> That's not cool. Yeah. Well, I don't you know, know. I do think Joe. I think you guys are clearly cool and way cooler than me. Yeah. I'm an old man, but I'm just saying. We did the same thing. We John yeah. and I were in a band, and we were urged to spike our hair and look angry and oh, look yeah. at different directions. That's just what, what you band did. was that, Johnny? We oh. <laughs> well, which Doesn't one? Matter. Which iteration? Come on. We were called. Scarlet, Scarlet Thread. Thread. Scarlet Thread. We were a Christian rock band. And uh, this is back when uh, you could make dozens of dollars in Christian oh rock. And we did. We paved the way. We uh, traveled extensively around the state. We traveled with, there used to be a, <laughs> so. a there used to be a group called the For Him. They were, yeah, it was the him. number four. Yep. We uh, opened for, when they broke up, uh, it was just a couple of them. So they were called To, to Him. They were called. They were called to him uh, by then, and uh, <laughs> just the number two, and uh, I don't know. But we 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 found out there were a lot of other Scarlet Threads. Really, 
uh, and we wanted to change our name, but uh, so we were going to go with uh, Amy Grant, but that was already taken too. <laughs> right, and so or once for him broke up, we were going to call ourselves for the money. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. a good deal of Christian rock is for, for the, the money. money. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a Scarlet Thread in like Denmark or something. Yeah, Sweden. They were. Uh, yeah, they were Iceland. No, oh. it was Finland. You're right. It was Finland because they were like uh, they had fiddles and stuff in their group. They had like a Finnish fiddles. Yeah, they missed. They missed a name. They weren't happy about us either. No. Really? No, they weren't happy that if we contacted you. Well, if we could have understood what they were saying. Yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> just a lot I don't, of angry shouting. I don't I don't even know. I want to try a Finnish accent because I think I would just get it. John, it would just sound like in Iceland. How do they talk? It would just sound like the Swedish oh, chef. Florgen, Florgen. It would just <laughs> <laughs> That's the Swedish chef though. <laughs> no, John, don't they do this like um, weird They did a suck back when I was in Iceland about almost a month. Uh it's the original language of the Vikings. Yes. And it's oh, wow. very yes, it's very. Has, they accentuate uh, the end of a sentence with a suck back. Uh, yeah, they would say he would back. say I'd be with a missionary and he'd be speaking Icelandic and he would say yeah, yeah no yow 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 yo and he'd suck back at the huh. end. Yo. And so I finally like three weeks I was like bro that's awesome. Yeah, are y'all sucking back on purpose? Like everybody did it. Like they all had like, <laughs> like, it was like no. This. It's like no, we all have the hiccups and uh, we can't. <laughs> and he's like he didn't even realize. I was like yeah, I guess we do do that. And I was like that's how they show. Is that like yeah. an exclamation point? I don't know. It just happened. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, and then, you know, they tied me to a table and put a big... Really? They were about to cut off, and then he came to save me. Ministry's so, different there. so crazy. That's interesting. <laughs> no, I, did, I enjoyed Iceland. It's beautiful. So, um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We're like 70 minutes in. Oh, my gosh. Guys, I'm whenever. so sorry. Oh, you want this to go? I'm sorry. I feel like it's fine to talk is, about time yeah, on the is, episode. It is. And I just want to say, if you've listened for all 70 minutes, uh, we appreciate You're a real trooper out there. We love yeah. you. We love yeah. you. Like, why do you not have a job? Like, I don't want to know. Yeah, you need to really reassess your life goals. Yeah. yeah. May, find something that makes it where you can't listen to this. Yeah. That would be our goal. Get a job. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Get <laughs> a job. No, we're grateful for our millions of listeners. Uh, and uh, just uh, keep listening. It's going to be good. We're going to keep delving in. Yeah. And uh, we're going to find the lighter side of you. We're going to go deep. We we're not, I'm not going to apologize for going deep, John. I won't do it. Maybe a little bit. We might uh, absolutely uh, suck, but yeah. Yeah. we're going to keep doing it, probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that not... That's what... It's going to get better, I hope. We yeah. have done in you all keep, of our other areas of our lives. You keep going until you realize, like, maybe that wasn't cut out for this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, it is going to be uh, It's going to be fun, man. We're going to have fun in the future, and um, hope that you'll join us, and we'll be giving more information on uh, how to share this with your friends and things like that as we go. But uh, go ahead and subscribe and be a part of... Uh, of what's happening with talk about that and you know you can email us topics other things you want us to address as we go and we'll yeah oh yeah send that. questions yeah. well we need a twitter account yeah, yeah we'll make totally. a twitter account and then you can send questions yeah and we'll like act like it's a real conversation yeah oh, or we can make up questions and be like oh, johnny <laughs> how do you deal with so much <laughs> how are you so handsome well thank you listener <laughs> <laughs> what does it feel like to be so intelligent? <laughs> At real person one oh six said <laughs> Well well you guys have a uh, good day out there and uh, we'll see you next time on Talk About That. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.